Welcome, everybody. Hey there, lovely listeners. Welcome to the podcast that's all about unlocking the secrets to your lasting legacy and financial well-being. I'm Chris Miller, your friendly generational guide, and this is Legacy Unlocked Money 911. Get ready to dive into the conversations that inspire, empower, and bring a whole lot of fun to your financial journey. Whether you're just starting out, building your empire, or somewhere in between, I'm here to help you make sense of it all. So let's get those financial dreams rolling. Phyllis Weiss Hazarov, president of Practice Development Council, and dubbed the cross-generational voice helps multi-generational organizations that want to foster trust, inclusion, and belonging to solve complex challenges at work by facilitating cross-generational conversations, cultural intelligence, and impactful work legacies. Her tagline or brand line is the business of uniting people, purpose, potential, and profits across the generations. Please welcome my guest, Phyllis. So we're just going to get right into it with Phyllis. Phyllis, you know, I know the answer and I bet you do too, but when is the right time to shape your legacy? And, you know, a lot of people, this is what I found being in practice for 33 years that most people will come into my office when they're about to retire to start the retirement plan, or maybe they got a bad note from the doctor and they're going to start their living trust, right? And they wait till they have to do it. So mm-hmm. I want to explore why this is so important at, to align this now, early. Right. I'm going to answer that question, but I, and then I want to talk about the kinds of legacies there are. And I don't mean what you're doing with your money, because I think this is going to be a really interesting discussion where we come from it in from different angles. And you're focused more on the money end. I am, although all things that go into your life, I mean, it's, they're not compensable. Well, as a, as a whole, I've literally yeah. in where, where I am, I've actually prepared, we have a document preparation service over 6,000 living trusts. So I, I, that's the base. That's the mm-hmm. baseline. But what I like about you is, how you look at legacy and generations. So you have such a neat view on it. I wanted to let you elaborate on that and share that. I am very passionate about all things generational. And it is my focus on legacy is at work also, rather than what are you putting in your will and that kind of thing. Right. So again, we don't put these things in compartments. So. Let you go back to the question you asked. Well, the, when, to start when is the right time to shape your legacy? Well, I think that, you know, it's never too late. But I think, as I said, I'm, I focus more on the work legacy by the time you're in your 40s. 
but it could be earlier than that. That the idea is to be intentional, not just have it happen to you. And for instance, my partner in Legacy Makers at Work podcast and the work that we're doing around that, she started thinking about legacy in her 20s. And that was because her best friend and roommate suddenly died while they were still in college. Mm. And she looked around and she said, you know, this 22-year-old, you know, or something like that, you know, what, how can we remember her? What did she, she have to leave? And this was before they all had computers and everything was electronic. And she found letters and other things that her roommate had left and started thinking about it and, you know, relating it to herself, too. And, you know, maybe I should think about that, you know, as a bigger picture of what is legacy. And then, you know, but some people, it's later. For myself, I really didn't think in those terms until I was advising particular law firm and then others when I worked with a lot of law firms. And it had to do with succession planning and transition planning. And in this particular case where I first started thinking about it, there was a very successful lawyer who built his firm and he had chosen who should be the successor for the next managing partner and CEO, but he was reluctant to let go. (laughs) And so he had plenty to do on the outside. He was doing all these charitable things. He was on all these boards and he didn't have to let go of any of that. And he still hasn't. Right. Right. But yeah, but you know, I I started saying, well, you know, you don't want to screw up what you built here. Right. By not really passing things along. You know, nobody's pushing you out. And I had the three top people think about how they would like to be remembered, how they would like to have their legacy at work. And that's great. You so, know what so that that, mm-hmm. that was when I started thinking about it and my own I didn't I you know I was in midlife before I really started thinking in terms of legacy for for me. So it can right. be any time but the earlier the better because mm-hmm. then you have more time to be intentional about it right, and right. accomplish more. Yeah, exactly. And you know what I found is after, you know, I I started mine in my 40s only because I had a, a company that does that. But I found basically around midlife, I wanted to live my legacy, not just wait till I passed away. And I was really blessed to be able to spend maybe 10 years with my daddy. And I would fly up, you know, my mom was sick. And so I'd fly up every month and and he would tell his story and I was mm-hmm. able to transcribe his story. And that's part, it's on my bucket list to actually be able to write it in a book and share it because he was quite, he was a genius and went to, you know, Caltech and Einstein was one of his teachers and 
And it's a really amazing story. And our family walked across Europe, you know, during the war to, to escape. And, and I've walked barefoot across America for Christ and all these different things that were, it's just amazing. And, and so then I realized, you know, I don't want to just leave something behind. I want to create a living legacy. And what I really like about you is your generational perspectives on legacy and, and a kaleidoscope of dreams. So how people can investigate different generations and view legacies and determine unique perspectives that I think are so important to encapsulate now before they're lost right before they're gone because there's a lot of scrubbing going on in in the content world and and the value of of the generations before us have wisdom don't you think well of course and i think that there's a lot of wisdom in the younger generations right <laughs> i love working with the with the younger generations yes. and again my focus and cuz i've really been behind thinking about legacy in my legacy in terms of where do I want to put my money besides investing it and all that. But, yeah. you know, would I want to, you know, have a small foundation or the various things that you can yes, do yes. along those, right. those lines. Uh-huh. But my legacy in my thinking about it is what – I like to, you know, say is my, my, I, I thought of the word brand line today. Maybe somebody else has. Well, what's the word? Brand line. Yeah, it's line. A, a tagline, okay. but, you know, yeah. line, which is in the business of uniting people, purpose, potential, and profits across the generations. So again, that's, that's cool. The work. Nice. Yeah. Work focus. Mm-hmm. But I think even I like to think about a, a dual concept in terms of work legacy, yeah. which is what you would like to accomplish in your own career and uh-huh. how you influence the people that you work with, inspire, you know, help them, there whatever you, you want to say. But right. it's the influence you have. And make that a positive influence. Yes. At the same time, if you are working either as an employee or as an advisor to an organization, and that can be for-profit, not-for-profit, charitable, you know, whatever it might be, that you are helping to increase their legacy. Mm-hmm. In terms of how the influence that they have, right. and you know, can be the profits. Too. Yes, can that's be beautiful. A financial one. So yes. I call that a dual legacy, and that's what I think that people who are at work should be thinking about. That's brilliant, Phyllis. That's really good, and and I'm so glad that you're able to transcribe that. To younger generations too. And the impact of that is, is amazing. I'm curious, did for you, just in, as an individual, because the living trust is limited, did you like the foundation? I mean, how does somebody, is that something you would suggest for people say that really want to 
contribute is a foundation is that where how they should set that up or i have i have no idea i don't have a foundation you don't have an oh okay you no, didn't no, do, no. you haven't gone that route my, this is what i the only time i really thought of starting my own foundation was after my mother died she had parkinson's for 25 years anyway so when she died and she left not a whole lot of money. I mean, it's not what you can think of as found, you know, when you hear the word foundation. Right, right. It's a couple hundred thousand. And so I was wondering, and somebody who was working for Foundation Source, who came to something that I spoke at, and we were talking afterwards, and, you know, he was saying, well, they manage foundations. You know, it's not as much work as you think. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I never did it. And I stopped thinking about it because the time was as we went into a recession. And so all that money, I believe, you you know, you leave it there and you don't panic and it's going to come back because that's the experience I've had through through my life so far it has. But what I would have looked for to start something in her name was, you know, was liberated temporarily, you know. Uh So I just stopped thinking about foundation and I'm still trying to think what to do on that side. I'm really good on my work legacy and what I want to do there. And that's uniting people of all sorts of differences. And to I'm all about cross-generational conversation. There's too much divisiveness about all kinds of things. And it, it all got worse. The pandemic hit us. And people were, you know, not together anymore no right and and so you may be you know working with your family all in the same dining room (laughs) (laughs) and you're and and educating your kids in the same space right other than that you were not with other people the connections were not the same and it's very hard for a lot of people to reestablish a lot of that to feel comfortable. And that's a lot of what I I do to get people out of their silos and to be at more ease and feeling psychologically safe to be able to say things without being worried about attacking Somebody attack it. Yeah, we used to be able to have conversations. I'm so glad that you're talking about it. You're like the legacy squad, bridging generations for a brighter tomorrow. Well, Congress once again allowed itself to be pushed into appeasing the administration and raising the debt ceiling for the 79th time, paving the way for continued reckless spending and further devaluation of the dollar. As our national debt continues to skyrocket, how are you protecting your savings? Times like these 
are a great reminder to diversify a portion of your savings into gold. And you can do it with the help of Birch Gold. And here's the easiest way to do it. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. You don't pay a penny out of pocket. As BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa band together against the dollar, more and more central banks are diversifying. You know what they're buying? Gold. Follow their lead and visit Birch Gold backslash money 911 for your free information kit on gold. There's no obligation, just information. With an A-plus rating with a Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers, Birch Gold can help protect your savings too. Visit Birch Gold backslash money 911. Take action today. We used to be able to have conversations, and even if we were on different political spectrums, but don't even mention political. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God, of course. I mean, it's, I've never seen anything like it, but we can just, that you're bridging the generations, that is fabulous. So maybe share a little bit what and how you do that. What kind of processes you're doing there? Well, there are a number of ways to do that. I mean, it's about understanding and building harmony, but it's also getting people over the fears they may have. You know, a lot of the nastiness or the myths or the bickering and all those kinds of things are because people are afraid of losing something right. or feeling uncomfortable because it's not something they're familiar with or used to. And they're comfortable with the way they've always done it or seen it. Right. And some people are different, but it's not only about age. And it, it, it's, it could be about anything. I've recently gotten my certification just two weeks ago now in cultural intelligence. And I wanted to add that to my, my knowledge and my toolbox of, mm -hmm. of the th things that are very generational. But we, there's so much intersection among all the different kinds of differences that there are. So you can't even think. I like that, the way you say intersection, right, between or differences. Race or sexual orientation <sighs> or people who, you know, have, we don't say disabilities anymore are different in, in their abilities, whatever they might be, and, you know, just differences in, in thinking, thought. Right. I like the way that you're saying intersection. And so, why don't you share with me how the different generations think about this whole legacy process? Well, it's kind of an interesting thing. And again, since people are all different, they'll think about it in their own way. But I think what 
would come to mind in a general way is how the older parents and the younger generations talk about legacy and the fact that it's so difficult in many families, even if they get along well and nobody's fighting over the money, that often the younger people feel uncomfortable to bring it up because they don't want to think that their parents think that they're either waiting for them to die or, you know, will think that they're thinking about things like that. And then from the older ones, they often just feel uncomfortable also, maybe thinking about their own mortality. But it doesn't matter which end of the family spectrum somebody's got to start that conversation. You know that well. You do it all yeah. the time. Yeah. And again, it's a matter of getting people comfortable. And, you know, in an environment, if there's somebody, a third party like yourself, that's useful because you can set that kind of more psychological safety. We're not ready to fight over anything here. We're not suggesting that you're not going to be around too much longer. I mean, not, none of that. It's <laughs> just important because life is, you know, and it doesn't end. And also there may be things that we want to do together as a family in terms of the financial aspect of it yeah. so that it should be talked about. Then professionally, by the time you're in your 50s, that's, that would be the Gen Xers now. It's about impact and influence and how you really want to be remembered as a contributor personally and professionally. That's as I said, right. intentionally, it doesn't, doesn't happen to you. And the kind of legacy you really want to avoid the third kind is a negative legacy that, you know, you leave an impression with people that is really something you don't want people you don't to want, remember. Right. Exactly. And like with social media, if something gets on that, that is negative, what you have to do is pile on, get people to, you know, write your Google reviews or or whatever, uh, saying positive things. And yeah. so in a work situation, you would want to do the same thing to mm-hmm. change the impression of you. On the positive side, what impact and influence you might have about your career, your leadership? Did you contribute to making a better product? effect on organizational culture, that's something I I deal with a lot to make sure that that's positive and doing as much as you can. And then for the younger generations, we hear so much about how they are into and very active about a number of causes, the environment, but also social and, and justice causes. And so help to do that because that's going to benefit society as a whole. You know, the bottom line that I hear you saying is having the conversation and which 
I just, you know, like I said, I've done thousands of trusts that I, like you said, as close as families are, people don't want to have the conversation. And it's so empowering to have that conversation. And, you know, you may be really close with your, your siblings, but when mom and dad pass away, things can change and that can get scary. It's so it's better to make that bond together and have the conversation. And I think I hear you just saying for people to be able to have the conversation now. It's like, you know, the show Money 911. You know, we got to think about the hard things and talk about death and taxes and, you know, yeah. and money and all these hard things yeah. and and pandemics and wars and all of those things are to just guide us on how we can live our best no matter what's happening. And it really does come to the conversation. If right. you're feeling inadequate about yes. starting a conversation, yes. then find a third party that can be helpful. There you go. That, That's a that, good tip. that is knowledgeable about these things. Exactly. That is an empathetic person right. who you know is able to be in yes. a way, like a mediator. Exactly. And, and that's something that you do and I do in work situations. Right. Just right. makes mm -hmm. people have to get over the fears and the mm -hmm. discomforts because right. it's really worth it. And yes. I learned early in life that I really benefited when I had hard conversations and I really almost enjoy that. <laughs> I, I kind of look forward to it because uh, I have seen that it can have a very positive outcome. And you're really glad that you did it instead of letting things either fester when right. there's really some conflict or something yeah, or great. just never happening mm -hmm. and passing up that opportunity. That is, that's a fabulous advice. And we're kind of coming to the, to the end of our time right now, but you, and maybe this is just an idea if you want to, maybe they can email you to get your seven guiding questions for crafting your legacy, right? Absolutely. That would be because that is such a gift. And you can also send it to me and I can share it with people, but give everybody your email so they can get seven questions to drive your legacy creation. All right. Yes. And if you want to hear about other kinds of things, you know, please, I would be happy to give a complimentary call on sure. your generational questions. What's your email? What's your contact for mm -hmm. them to get a hold of you? Okay. My email, and I imagine you'll have it in show notes too. In sure. Writing, but it's my name or P as in Peter, W as in Wendy, Hazaro, my, that's my last name, Hazaro, that's H-A-S as in Sam, E-R-O-T, P-W, Hazaro, at P, again, P as in Peter, D as in David, C-O-U-N as in Nancy, S-E-L dot com. That's pdcouncil.com, and it's not the, you know, nonprofit kind of council with C-I-L. It's S-E-L, as in advice. So pdcouncil.com. at pdcouncil.com. Wonderful. So and I'd love to hear from you. 
There you go. So you can reach out directly and get those seven guiding questions that will craft your legacy and get the conversation going. Phyllis, it's, it's been a joy to talk to you today. You're, you are a wealth of information and I'm glad that you're the voice out there talking about generational legacy and connecting the generations so we can all talk because everybody has a gift to share. And we appreciate you sharing your gift with us today. Well, I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on this exciting episode of Legacy Unlocked Money 911. Remember, your legacy isn't just a distant idea. It's the story you're creating every single day. If you're as passionate as I am about weaving together generation, purpose, and prosperity, let's connect at healthymoneyhappylife.com. Or you can even jump on my calendar, meet with chrismiller.com. That's Chris with a K. And of course, check out our new course, Create Income You'll Never Outlive. And hey, if you enjoyed today's episode, don't be shy. Hit that subscribe button, share the love, and leave us a review. Until next time, keep crafting your legacy with heart and soul. There's so much to learn about healthy money. I hope today's discussion brings you one step closer to securing and protecting your future. So you can get started on the right foot, go to meetwithchrismiller.com and schedule your free financial fitness strategy session. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to Money 911 so you don't miss our next episode, which includes health, wealth, and peace of mind.